Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Today we bring you somewhat of an entertaining show and somewhat of an agitating show. Uh, we, went and, we went back and found some of the best callers who I bashed over the years on radio. And um, I just listened to Joe Biden's divisive speech. I've never heard anything like it in my entire life. In my entire adult life, I've never heard anything as divisive and Hitlerian as I heard today. I was outraged listening to this lying bastard. He is the sickest, most lying demagogue in American history. And I tweeted this, Biden is declaring war on Trump supporters as extremists. Will he imprison millions? And I quoted Cardinal Niemöller, where I said, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That was Cardinal Niemöller, who spent six years in a concentration camp. Well, I've changed it for you, the listeners, to this Joe Biden is now our Mussolini. He's very dangerous, and he's setting us up for something very bad. After dividing us for 24 minutes, he tells us we are united. After flooding America with illegal voters... Four million now. He attacks those who want voter ID while spreading fear and hatred. While spreading fear and hatred, he attacks fear and hatred. This is the lowest point in American political history. And I'll end this little introduction with this. I'll change Niemöller's speech to Savage's speech. First, they came for the MAGAs, and I did not speak out because I was not a MAGA. Then they came for the extremists. And I did not speak out because I was not an extremist. Then they came for the gun owners, and I did not speak out because I'm not a gun owner. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That's Cardinal Michael Savage. Today's podcast is very important. If you listen carefully, you'll hear me rip, you'll hear me rip liberal callers to shreds over the years, and you'll learn some, tec some techniques to do so yourself. 
now more than ever. Do not roll over to those bastards. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. Uh, they just don't respect the rule of law. With the raid on Mar-a-Lago and the seizure of those uh, so-called classified documents, the Democrats are ready to send Trump to prison so he can't run in 2024. But they're forgetting about one of their own who actually did what they're accusing Trump of and got off scot-free. How quickly they forget. Back in 2005, you may remember President Bill Clinton's former top national security advisor, Sandy Berger, pleaded guilty to taking classified documents from the National Archives and cutting them up with scissors. That is a misdemeanor that carried a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. But did he go? Of course not. Well, joining us now is the host of the Michael Savage Show podcast, the one and only Dr. <laughs> Michael Savage. Uh, Michael, why does the left have such a, a selective memory uh, when it comes to uh, Sandy Berger? All the while, they're keeping uh, a target on Trump's back. Well, of course, because they can. They own the media. I mean, they own Wolf yeah. Blitzer. They own Jake Tapper. They own ABC, CBS, NBC. They own the New York Times. They own the Washington Post. So Berger took this, these uh, secret documents to cover for Bill Clinton about 9-11. Uh, he got caught. The fine should have been $100,000 a year in prison. Instead, after saying it was an honest mistake, he took them out in his underwear and his socks, Sandy Socks Burger. He got a slap on the wrist. He got no punishment whatsoever to speak of. Now, let's compare that with Donald Trump. The FBI raids his home, takes these documents out of a safe, and lays them on a carpet top secret documents are laid on a carpet and photographs are taken of the top secret documents for the whole world to see as though it was Trump who carelessly left these documents around on the rug. If this is not a classic example of a fascist government setting someone up for a fall, I do know what, what is. It was Joe Biden today, and I know you're going to get to that, so I don't want to jump ahead of us. I've never <laughs> heard such a divisive speech in my whole life, by the way. Never. Uh, Michael Savage, Awful. do you think that maybe Trump would have been better off just burning some all those documents? Like, I don't know, like uh, the Democratic candidate for 2016? Well, I don't know. what. Why did he keep them? I mean, what was he doing with them? I have no idea why he needed them. That's to start with. Uh, that, you know, the real question is, what was he thinking? What, what's in those documents that's so, that are so important? That really is an issue for us to try to understand what President Trump was thinking. But if we do a comparison of Sandy Berger stealing national security secrets and documents and getting no punishment, Trump should just plead guilty and take no punishment. But that's not the point of this. It's to smear him. It's to revile him. It's to make him a, uh, a non-person. And it's, uh, of course, to neutralize him from running because they're terrified of Trump. The Democrats have no platform whatsoever other than hate. They hate Trump. They hate MAGA. They hate Republicans. They particularly hate white males. What could be better than attacking Trump as a symbol of all of those things? 
That's so true, Michael. I, I don't know. Maybe he took some of those documents uh, thinking, listen, I'm going to be running again. I'm going to be back in the White House at some point. Maybe some of this uh, could be useful to me later on in life. But let me ask you, let's talk about that awful uh, primetime address from oh. Joe Biden this evening. The guy that stood in Washington on his inauguration day and promised to deliver oh. unity to this nation and did nothing but divide it even further this evening. Your thoughts? Biden is the definition of the word demagogue, traitorous, divisive, appeals to the prejudices and hatreds of the population. Okay, he foments social discontent to further his own political ambitions. Biden defines what the word demagogue is. He gave the most dangerous speech I've ever heard in my life. I thought I was listening to Hitler in the 1930s, in the early 1930s, when he began to target a certain segment of the population. And I have to refer to the great Cardinal Niemöller, who wound up in the concentration camps. He was a Catholic priest, eight years in the camps. And he said at the end, at the end of the war, first they came for the socialists. I did not speak out because I was not a, a socialist. Then they came for the trade unions, did not speak out. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then he said, then they came for me. There was no one left to speak for me. Well, I've changed it, ladies, to this. First they came for the MAGAs, and I did not speak out because I was not a MAGA. Then they came for the extremists. And I did not speak out because I was not an extremist. Then they came for the gun owners and I did not speak out because I am not a gun, a gun owner. And then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. That's Cardinal Michael Savage tonight. I've never heard anything like this in my entire life. I think Biden should be impeached for this speech because what he's done, he said, it's open season on anyone who wears a MAGA hat. It's open season on any Republican and go ahead and attack them. We'll back you up. 100%. When Antifa was burning Seattle and Portland to the ground, what did this thing do? Nothing. They cheered them on. It was dangerous. This is the most dangerous moment I have ever seen, and I've watched six, seven, eight presidents through my lifetime. This man is unfit for office at any time in his life, but especially now. Somebody has to stop this man before he burns the That's nation right. to the ground. Dr. Michael Savage, so many Americans I know are cheering you on right now in agreement. Uh, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Glad oh, that you were here on this Thursday, this Thursday to react. They're telling me we got to go. Here's Let's see it. Let's see it. We What's can't cut horrible? Michael off with the prop. You know what why the? it's horrible? Oh, this is what Bi this is <laughs> Michael, Biden's idea. Give everybody this nightmares. is Biden's idea of what a Trump voter should look like after he gets through that with them. That is so true. Happy Halloween. All right. <laughs> Happy Halloween. It's summer's not over yet, Michael, but thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Michael Savage, a host like no other. We've gone back into the radio archives and I've gotten for you, for your listening pleasure, me bashing liberal callers over the years. Now you say, well, okay, it's all uh, well and good and fun and games, but it's really not fun and games. We're living right now in a proto-fascist government under Joe Biden, 
and the liberals so-called that surround him. Of course, we've seen what they did to Donald Trump with the illegal raid and the uh, trumped-up charges against Trump and the staged photo of his so-called um, stolen documents on the floor of Mar-a-Lago. This morning, I tweeted the following. Sandy Berger, who was President Clinton's top national security aide, pleaded guilty to taking classified documents <clears throat> from the National Archives and cutting them up with scissors. He got zero jail time. Then I tweeted this. During the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus and arrested about 30,000 anti-war protesters to suppress dissent. Is this coming under Biden? Some of the replies were pretty sharp. Now, this is critical for you to understand. All the years I argued with liberals, you thought it was fun and games and sport. I was trying to stop the coming civil war. I was also trying to save our democracy or our republic from these arbitrary fascists who are now called liberals. You may not know this, but during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln, who was seen as a saint, suspended habeas corpus and arrested anti-war protesters to kill all dissent. Under his presidential orders, the federal government required residents to carry passports, that's internal passports like in East Germany. Lincoln organized a secret service and work with local police to arrest American citizens. The government also circumvented the civil liberties of political prisoners. Many of them died in prison of starvation and disease. Although federal officials usually detain suspects for only short periods of time, they did so without any regular hearings, and sometimes they even used military commissions to try civilians for their so-called crimes. I'm going to tell you something now. We all know the saying, when they came for the uh, gypsies, I did not raise my voice. When they came for the communists, I did not raise my voice. When they came for the Jews, I did not raise my voice. And when they came for me, I did not raise my voice because there's no one left to raise their voice for me. That was the famous statement from Cardinal Niemöller in Nazi Germany. It was eventually arrested and put in a concentration camp. So let's see now. When they came for the January 6th insurrectionists, you didn't raise your voice because you weren't an insurrectionist. You weren't even there. When they came for President Trump, you didn't raise your voice because you hate President Trump. And when they come for you, there'll be no one left because everyone will be have been silenced by this arbitrary government of ours under Biden. I want to go back to the Civil War because Lincoln's seen as a hero. To many, though, he is known as the villain. Although the Supreme Court did not even question the power of these commissions during the Civil War, their use outside the war zone for the trial of civilians was declared unconstitutional only after the war. You may not know this, but high-ranking politicians were not immune from conviction by Lincoln and his fascists. You may not know that federal agents imprisoned several prominent politicians, including the mayors of Baltimore and Washington, D.C., Congressman Henry May and former Kentucky Governor Charles Moorhead, as well as many northern newspaper editors, were arrested and put in concentration camps by Lincoln. Historians say they do not know how many people the Lincoln government arrested for anti-war protests during the Civil War, but estimates vary from uh, just over 13,000 to as many as 38,000. And consider the population of America at the time was much smaller than it is today. 
the president, Lincoln, defended his position in a series of open letters and continued to arrest anti-war protesters even after jurists questioned his actions and held that only Congress could suspend habeas corpus. The Confederacy also made summary arrests to suppress disloyalty, but the Confederacy's numbers and success was small, not only because political prisoners became popular martyrs, but because numerous champions of states' rights resisted Confederate policy. It's very chilling to study history because those who do not know their history are condemned to repeat it. So as you listen to Michael Savage, yours truly, jousting with liberal callers over the many years on radio today on this podcast, try to remember what happened in the past in this country and that it can happen here. And don't roll over for your liberal cohorts and say you can't argue with them. You better argue with them or you'll be the next one to go. Thank you for listening. Go ahead, please. Mike, I'm offended by Rock and Roll Friday. I listen, I'm, uh, I listen to your show quite a bit, but my, fa- my father, I got a father who's black, and he grew up in the 50s and, and during that time. And you talk, and when this Rock and Roll Friday, back during those, during those days, Blacks couldn't vote, women couldn't vote, people didn't have the rights that they do now. Oh, oh, so we can't even, we have to erase the entire decade for, in order to please you? Well, you know what you're doing, Mike. When you well, I, th- I think what we should do is carry it a step further. I think anything from the 50s should be uh, uh, eliminated in America. Maybe we should burn all the cars of the 50s. Oh, Mike, but you're very smart. Maybe any television reruns in the 50s should be uh, purged to make you feel better. Should, should we eliminate any reference to uh, to uh, President Eisenhower because it offends you? No, no, not not at all. But you know what you is there something with- wrong with you? Is there something mentally wrong with you that you would actually waste our time with such a call? You're listening to cheerful songs from the fifties, and that offends you on a racial basis. Because you know what you're doing when you say that, that when when the cars when the cars are thick and the women are straight. What's wrong with gay women? Boy, well, now you're changing, and I thought you said your father was black. No, no, I'm, you, but you say when the women were straight. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You just said that your father is black, is that right? Yes, yeah. So what, is, what does that have to do with Rock and Roll Friday, that your father was black? Because you say the 50s, you love, you, because you love the 50s, but you don't, but you don't say... Yeah, I did love the 50s. What's the matter, I'm not allowed to love the 50s? That's a, that's a crime against you? No, but you know what you're doing, Mike. Yeah, of course I know what I'm doing. That's why I'm here and you're there talking to yourself in a county lockup. I'll be right back. Savage. Harry, welcome to the Savage Nation. Okay, Michael. Um, love listening to your show. I happen to disagree with most of what you say. Let me ask you a question, a hypothetical. Red China attacks our country and lands here and is fighting. Then do we as Americans become patriots or terrorists or insurgents? What are we if we're defending our country? Well, you see, it's interesting to start thinking like that, but it shows how far you have gone as an American citizen that you can't even back your own country in a war. Of course, if they landed here, we would fight them and we would be patriots. But that is not ipso facto. Therefore, the Iraqis are patriots. That's number one, because you are an American, Harry. You should be backing our troops and not asking yourself such a silly question. That would be like saying when the Americans were bombing uh, Germany in World War II to take out Hitler and the Nazis, Weren't the SS officers patriots? Would you argue that, Harry? 
Well, to a certain degree, yes and no. They were not patriots because that was a whole different scenario. Well, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? You're trying to argue that the Iraqi rebels are patriots because they're defending their homeland. So would you then argue that Hitler's soldiers, primarily, not the Wehrmacht who were enlisted, I am talking about the SS, the Death's Head Brigade, the Adolf Hitler Brigade. Wouldn't they be considered super patriots by your definition, Harry? No, they were not patriots. I do not consider them super patriots. They well, why not? Why wouldn't you? Then you're, then you're double-talking me. I'm trying to show you two How is it that you can say that Hitler's SS officers were not patriotic, but you can suddenly say that the Iraqi bums are patriots? Where's your thinking coming from? I'm saying that the Iraqi people, the Sunnis and Shiites who are from Iraq, they are the people who are fighting for their country. I believe that there are terrorists. Wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. But by the same logic that you're using, if, if you want to call it internationalist logic, wouldn't then the SS officers also have been patriots? No, I don't believe that. I think it's a totally... Oh, wait, wait, hold it. Tell me why you don't believe that. Okay, because the, 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 the SS and the stormtroopers, they, that whole regime was literally out to take over the world. They were trying to occupy other countries. So therefore, since they were... Wait, 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 wait. hold on a minute. But radical Islam wants to export uh, Islam to the whole world. Ask the preacher in, uh, in Fallujah, in, in the uh, Najaf, uh, that radical fat slob. He wants to see the whole world Islamicized. So the same, uh, by the same token, he wants to take over the world. So Islam is our enemy. I agree with that. I'm saying I don't disagree with everything you say, but I agree with that. I agree that Islam is our enemy. But the point... Well, hold it. I don't, I don't say Islam is our enemy. I said radical Islam is our enemy. That's quite a different thing. So don't put words in my mouth. But, Harry, if you're trying to take that internationalist, look at the thing from the other guy's point of view approach, why then you could never fight in an American war? Because you'd say the other guy is just defending his homeland, too. Harry, it would be like saying you're a fighter, you're a boxer. Let's say you're a middleweight and you're getting in the ring with the other guy and both of you pray to God to win. Would you then say, well, the other guy is just defending his honor. He wants to win, too. Would you take his side or would you take your side? Well, of course, I'm always take my side. But well, why don't you take the side of the U.S. Marines then instead of telling me that the other guys are patriots? Take the side of our troops. I support our troops a million percent. I'm totally but How could you support our troops a million percent if you're arguing that the Iraqis who are killing them are just patriots defending their homeland? I'm giving you a hypothetical. I'm not saying that all Iraqis are patriots. There are a lot of them that are not, but a great majority of them are, and they're just trying to defend their country. Nonsense. The patriots want their country to be democratized, and they don't want women in burqas, and they don't want Islam forced down people's throats, and they don't want to burn Jews, and they don't want to kill Christians. Those are the real patriots. These are vermin. Not the Iraqi people. I'm sorry, Michael. I, I, I respect... I didn't say the Iraqi people. I said the Iraqi people want democracy or relative democracy. But the bums were fighting in Fallujah and Najaf are not the Iraqi people. They are A... Uh, fanatics who want to export their religion and dominate the world, and B, they are surrounded by foreigners who aren't even Iraqis, Harry. Those are the ones who are our major enemy. I agree with you there. I do. Oh, so, so what are we arguing about? We're arguing about that I think that we are categorizing and generalizing that a lot of these Iraqi citizens who are, and I really believe, I may be wrong, Michael, but I really believe that they are trying to defend their country from an occupying force. Yes, many of them want us there because without us there, it would be bloody civil. Well, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. We liberated them from a monster, the, the Hitler or Stalin of, of their world, and now they're shooting us in the back? 
let him go to hell. We liberated them. Now we expect something from them. With freedom comes responsibility. It's not a one-way ticket. Now they've got to perform for us. They've got to join the family of man. They can't go back to their their uh, psychotic ways. Michael, like I said, I respectfully agree to disagree. I, I respect your opinion. I love your show. Um, and you know what? You know why? You know why, Harry? Because a, a, a good part of you actually agrees with me, even though you're probably a lifetime Democrat. I don't intend to change you. I'm not here to front for George Bush. But you got to understand what I'm saying, Harry. The, the, the majority of Iraqis want the radicals out of their country. They don't want to live in Afghanistan under the Taliban. They want the freedoms that we have here. And in order for them to enjoy it, they're going to have to play ball with us. They're going to have to do it our way. We're not going to have to do it their way. I agree. But again, I just hate generalizing saying that all the Iraqis are insurgents and that they're, they're terrorists. They're not. They're really not. But what we're saying the same thing. I just said most of them want these bums out of there. Most of most Iraqis do not want this fat cleric screaming holy war. Most Iraqis want the Pakistanis and the Iranians uh, and the Saudi terrorists who have come in to help that solder out of there. So we're saying the same thing in different ways, Harry. Well, okay, maybe we are. Maybe we have, we're looking at it from two different points of view. There it is. You see, that's the problem is we're 3,000 miles away, Harry. If we were over a cup of coffee, we'd probably realize we agree more than we disagree. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. At the end of the day, as workers and as people of society, we're the ones creating wealth, not a corporate CEO. It's not a CEO that's, make, that's actually creating $4 billion a year. It is the millions of workers in this country that's creating billions of dollars of economic productivity a year. Brian, Cleveland, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm a socialist. I believe in socialism. And, uh, well, of course I, you do. You're a loser who can't make anything on, on his own, so you want it from me. What else is new? Do you know how much uh, money uh, Bill Gates has? I mean, he, he doesn't... Well, who'd he take it from, you? He doesn't need $55 billion. He what do you mean he doesn't need it? Who did he take it from you? He didn't take it from, he, he didn't take it from anybody. How much in taxes do you think he pays a year? Oh, I have no idea. Of course you have no idea because you're, you're a dummy. How could you have an idea? He pays and so do the people who make more than a million dollars a year, about 90% of all the federal income tax in this country. Did you know that? Without us, you'd wind up eating uh, uh, mites in the street. Do you know how much food corporate, corporations waste like, like Procter & Gamble when they make... Uh, food? You're telling, me there, you're telling me there are skinny homeless people in America who are starving to death? Have you ever taken a look at the people on welfare lately, the size of them? You can, you can take that... Food. They're fat as horses because they have too much to eat and not, not enough to do but, but knock out babies and collect welfare. What are you talking about? Let me repeat the hard data, my friend. The people who earn over a million dollars a year support men like you. Have a nice day. Three in a row now. Savage. Socially and morally, a bankrupt state. California is arguing over the most, most important issue of the day, which is whether or not to legalize marijuana. Now, it doesn't matter to me what you think of marijuana. Medically, it is a very dangerous drug. Medically, it's probably uh, on a level of uh, biohazards, much more dangerous than tobacco. All you got to do is know the literature and read it. Uh, but uh, there is no warning label on tobacco any more than there's a warning on Obama's presidency. It's the same thing. And you see the arguments going on in California on legalizing marijuana. No one discusses the medical realities of marijuana. Nobody discusses who is funding the legalization movement. It's George Soros. And I will tell you again why George Soros 
has been busy as a bee funding marijuana legalization initiatives in many states. If you can make even more people stupider, then you have a bigger massive putty in order to mold into nutty putty. San Francisco, 860 on the dial. Brandon, welcome. You're on the Savage Nation. Uh, I vehemently disagree. All right, look, Brandon, hold on. If you're going to play games, call somebody else. Can you talk, or you're just going to be stupid as you normally are? I mean, try to sound like a man, not like a like a like a beat up moron. What are you saying there? You're calling to support pot, and you can't even finish a sentence. With your cannabis plant negative network acknowledgments full of evil endeavors. Brandon, Brandon, you're so stoned, you don't even understand that you should be in a hospital right now. I'm an artist, you're an artist, I read your political... I don't care what you call yourself, you're a pothead and you're a fool. Who want to cut the jugular vein on the November's ballot for the referendums, and it's a sad thing, and I, I don't agree with cannabis sativa billboards on highway... Brandon, let me ask you something, what has pot done for you that's positive in your life? It opened up doors, it helped my asthma, but it, it, creatively, I'm an artist, and it helps. I don't harm anybody. I, well, 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 you said three things at once. You said I, it helps what? It helps you as an artist? Yes, sir. I'm trying to be polite. I'm, How do you know it helps you as an artist? Has it improved your, uh, your uh, reach to the audiences out there? Have you sold more art as a result of being a pothead? Vividly and creatively, it does, sir. And well, I wait, want crea- wait, how do you know that? Many people on pot think they're geniuses, and then when they're off the cigarette, they look at what they wrote and they can't believe the gibberish. It's the same with art. They create garbage, and when they're on pot, they, oh, look at the color. They get sucked into the, the color. And then when they're off the pot, they look at it, they can't believe the garbage they smeared on a, on a sheet. I listen to your show when I'm high, and it's not bad. I don't care whether you listen to my show when you're high. I'm telling you that you're committing suicide with marijuana. It's suicide with dope. Don't you understand that? Didn't you ever understand that there are things that are bad for you in life? You know, don't you? Yes, I do. But don't you understand that it does help with asthma? And, and it does. I, it, it helps I with asthma. That's very good. So you're telling me that hot marijuana smoke is good for your lungs? Well, it is. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. It makes me oh, feel- so hot, hot smoke is very good. Burning hot ash is very good for your lungs. It really helps your capillaries to inhale smoke that is at a level of a burning cigarette. Is that correct? It's a, it's a fat-absorbing potion to my, you know, to my lungs, and it gives yeah, my... Yeah, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Brandon, if the marijuana is helpful for your asthma, why don't you use THC instead of... Calcium, you know? I'm trying to be a polite conversation person. You can't do it because it's not, you're not capable of it, Brandon. You're completely messed up. I know you don't make a living. I know you're living off your parents. And I know that you're ashamed to your mother and father. Don't you understand that you have a chance to save yourself by kicking this drug addict habit that you have called marijuana? No, buddy, but I like... All right, have a nice day. You've wasted enough of my time. Don't ever call the show. Savage. Gary in Washington, D.C., glad to hear from you. What's on your mind? I just, I'd like to respectfully disagree about your racial profiling. Um, uh, the reason why is because, uh, you know, the bombings in Oklahoma City uh, wouldn't have 
bet your racial profile. Oh, Gary, please stop bringing up old history. We all heard that false lie put out by the Muslim pressure groups about Timothy McVeigh. He's long dead and buried already. Live in the present, Gary. We know who our enemy is today. They all come from the same region. They all practice the same religion. So stop the big hogwash about dangerous Christians. It doesn't sell anymore, Gary. We want to live. We don't want to die. So that one doesn't fly. Okay, I'll give you another one that doesn't fly then. Uh, the people that were probably behind the development and the dropping of the atomic bomb, the only time that it's ever been used in our history against innocent people were probably also white people. So your, your racial pro... Oh, sir, wait, wait, sir, what, what does that have to do with today? I'm not, I'm not following you. Why do you suppose the atomic bombs were dropped, Gary? feel that you are... Gary, hold it, Gary. Tell me why the atomic bombs were dropped under the orders of President Truman. Well, whether they were dropped or not, we are the only nation. What do you mean, what do you mean whether they were dropped or not? They were dropped, not or not. Why did President Truman order the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Tell me why. Is it because he was a white cracker from Kansas and wanted to kill Japanese, Gary? Is that, is that what you're implying? that way about soldiers that are burned to a... Gary, Gary, it is a talk program. Are you implying that President Truman was a white cracker racist who wanted to kill Japanese? I'm not saying that. He is... Uh, I'm not saying that because I don't deal with those terms. What I... Well, wait, 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 you don't deal with those terms. You certainly do. Don't act high and mighty with me. Two seconds ago, you just said that uh, Timothy McVeigh and white people blew up Oklahoma City, so we shouldn't focus on people from the Middle East with regard to terrorism. I mean, you do deal in those terms. That's all we're talking about are those terms. Continue the violence and the hate that we have. You are a hate monger. You are not. Oh, I see. But, Gary, you're late in coming. I've heard this before. Actually, no, I'm a survivor, Gary. You're a sheeple. You're the type of person who'd rather go over the cliff with your political correctness than survive. I can tell by your call that you're a member in good standing of the ACLU. Condition is a human dignity and nobility. That's what I believe. Wait, wait, what, are you, what are you lecturing me on now? Where did nobility come from? What's more noble than survival? Uh, survival, not through violence. Survival, not through hurting somebody else but helping oh so you were taught not to hit back is that it gary you were taught that when a man comes to rape your wife you you reason with him when a man comes to blow up your house you say to him why are you doing it can we talk about it is that what you were taught gary thank god that you're not defending this country or we'd all be on a prayer rug braying to mecca and most of us would be we have our throats cut and we'd be charred corpses what's wrong with you sir if you were prevailing in 1940, we'd be speaking German or we'd be lampshades. You're telling me that there was no excuse for violence against the Nazis? I'm not talking about Germany. I'm talking about you. Oh, wait a minute, sir. You just brought up past history. You brought up uh, the dropping of atomic bombs. You've opened the door on a historical perspective. You certainly are talking about Germany. Because you, you refuse to answer it because you know the correct answer is, of course we had to fight the Nazis to survive or you would have been a lampshade. You know that, Gary. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We cannot afford to continue this level of income and wealth inequality, and we cannot afford a billionaire class whose greed and corruption has been at war with the working families of this country for 45 years. So if you're asking me, do I think we should demand that the wealthy start paying the wealthiest, top one-tenth of one percent, 
start paying their fair share of taxes so we can create a nation and a government that works for all of us. Yes, that's exactly what I believe. Michael, Los Angeles, go ahead, please. Yeah, Michael, uh, I just think that you're upset about uh, Barack Obama because uh, Barack Obama, and for people like you, he cares about people that make less than $250,000 a year. You're a fat cat, you make millions a year, and you could give a care about the average American. Well, hold on, a- let's, let's slow down. How much money have, did you give away last year? How much money did I give away last year? Yeah, it's a pretty clear question. How much did you give away out of your own pocket last year? Well, I gave, I gave uh, you know, I give it Christmas, and I give it other times, and I help. Uh, well, I gave away more than you earned last year, okay, to charity. That's number one. Number two, did I take the money from you? Buddy? The money that I earned, did I take it from you? Yeah, what charity did you give it to? Uh, want some conservative group that's going to, you know, distort the facts about... Uh, about well, the- no, no, you're wrong, putz. Putz, you're wrong. I'm soon going to post all the charities that I give money to, so little men like you can learn... The garbage that comes out of your mouth is just just garbage. I am so sick and tired of losers like you telling people like me who've struggled all their lives to achieve something that I took it off your back. I took nothing from you. The fact of the matter is you can't make it on your own, so you want Big Brother to steal it from men like me. Jackie Smith, hooray. Hooray to Jackie Smith. Well, that's right, because you're a little Nazi. You're a little Nazi who wants a gun. What do you do for a living, big man? Hey, Michael, big man, what do you do for a living? What do I do? I do. I work in sales. You work in sales? What do you sell, Michael? What company do you work for? Who built that company that you work for, Michael? You didn't build it. You talk like a schmuck who doesn't even know the first thing about capitalism. Of course a schmuck like you wants socialism because you'll never amount to anything without a government giving it to you. You're just a pup of the right wing. Yeah, right, 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 Michael. Hey, Michael, have you, have you ever met a payroll, Michael? Yes, I have. No, you never met a payroll. You know you never have. And you know you never gave a dime to charity. Well, I had a construction company. You own nothing, you loser, you. You own nothing, you jealous loser. Savage. Steve disagrees with me. He's up on the Savage Nation. Steve, go ahead, please. You know, Michael, one of the one of the reasons that we had 9/11 was the fact that when uh, your man George Bush uh, came into office, he grabbed he grabbed all the 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 work that the Clinton administration did that was sitting on his desk, pushed it off the end of the desk into the waste paper basket, and threw a match in on top. Well, of it. Ho, 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 hold on! And I've heard that garbage on Leslie Stahl's show, the infomercial. But let me ask you something: What work did Clinton do other than dropping his pants for interns? What work did he do for terrorism? Tell me. I know he was busy looking for new interns wherever he could find them, but he certainly didn't catch any interns. What would you have had Bush do when he took power? Tell me what he should have done. I'll tell you one thing, Michael. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton might have had a... Um... No, no, no. Tell me what... You just said Bush threw away all the hard work of Bill Clinton. What should Bush have done to stop terrorism when he took office? I'd like to hear. You mean what, what should he have done? First of all, he should have went into Iraq and done in Iraq what he's trying to do in, uh, uh, I mean, in Afghanistan. He went into Iraq, so you're agreeing with him. He went into Iraq, so what did he do wrong? I'm sorry, I misspoke, Michael. He, 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 should have, he should have went into Afghanistan and did there what he's trying to do in Iraq. Excuse me, sir. Where have you been living? 
He went into Afghanistan and took out the Taliban. Don't you remember the women were unable to walk around without a burqa? Don't you remember women were not allowed to teach or drive? Don't you remember that they blew up Buddhist statues before Bush liberated the country? Do you remember any of that? Look at look at Afghanistan, Michael. It's a mess. It's a disaster. Oh, There's you mean it's worse than it was under the Taliban, Steve? No, it's definitely not, but we should be... Oh, wait, wait. It's definitely not. So you want us now to make it a perfect world. We've taken out the Islamo-fascists. We've given the country a chance. Women are able to drive. They're able to teach. They're able to read. They're able to write. Buddhism is again able to be practiced, as are other religions. There's no longer Islamo-fascism will rule and everyone else will die. So he did what you wanted him to do. He went into Afghanistan. So where did he go wrong? There's no Taliban in Afghanistan right now. You're going to tell me there's no Taliban there. There's no. So you, wait, wait. You mean there are fewer Taliban or more Taliban than when Bush went in there? There's more than there were before. Oh, so the people have less freedom now, or more freedom now? The people that are that are standing next to a soldier with an M16 have freedom when they walk away from. The- I see. So what is your answer then? Less war or more war? I'm not following you. You seem to be arguing both sides of the argument. Would you have Bush not gone into Afghanistan, or would you have him gone into Afghanistan with more troops? Which way is it? I'm not following you, Stephen. We should have never went into Iraq. Afghanistan. Wait, 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 wait. No, no. Let's stick to your first argument. What should we have done in Afghanistan? We should have rebuilt the country like we're trying to do to to Iraq. So, in other words, you're arguing that we should have had more war in Afghanistan. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we should have finished the war in Afghanistan. Ah, so you actually are not a pacifist. You're for more war, not less war. Is that correct? No, I'm I'm for what's right, Michael. What we're doing is wrong. Oh, you're for what's right. You mean you're for what the liberal talking points tell you to be, Stephen. You're all washed up. You're trying to have it both ways. And you speak as though you are a red diaper doper baby, Steve. The fact of the matter is you are moving around to my position because you know I'm right and you're wrong. Have a nice day. Go get a bed and Jerry's on me. Savage. Let's go to Boca Raton, Florida. She's on the other side, Joe, in Boca Raton. Welcome. You say the Arizona law is wrong. Is that correct? Yes, I think it's absolutely racist that they're um, telling the illegal aliens that they can't come into Arizona. They can do what they want to. I mean, we're America. This, we have to have open... Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're saying too many things at once. They're saying what? Wait, 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 ma'am. Are you aware of the fact that a country has borders? Are you aware of that? I'm saying that we need to get rid of our borders so we can welcome all forms and walks of life. Of course, you're pulling my leg. I'm serious. Just look at how your ancestors got here. Well, they didn't come here illegally. Maybe yours did. How did yours get here? Did they come here illegally? I don't know, but they got over here somehow, and now. Well, I'm apparently they they uh, they they pooled from the lowest level of the gene pool for women from where you came from. That you don't even know how a nation is defined. How many people do you think this country could sustain with open borders? Is there a limit, an upper limit in your mind? I think we could sustain so many people because there's. I said, how many? How many people are in America today? How many millions? Six hundred million. Oh my God. Oh, boy, we're in trouble, aren't we? So you, you just guessed at that, I could see, because that's not the correct number. Okay, we'll, we'll give you another chance. How many people do you think the United States of America could sustain if we had no borders and anybody could just enter the country? How many people? We need to put limits on people's income because people are making way too much money, and they need to... So, in other words, it's not the number of people here. It's the amount of money people are making. 
Yes, it's the greed in America. We need to spread I that see. Out. How much money do you make a year, Joe? Nothing. Right now I'm on a welfare check, but that doesn't matter anymore. Ah, you're on a welfare check. That's why you're so bene uh, benevolent with other people's money. So you're telling men like me who work for a living, who pay your welfare check, that I should be limited in how much I make so you can make more money doing nothing? Well, I think that you don't pay my welfare check. I think Obama pays my welfare check. And I wait, 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 what do you mean? Obama pays it out of his pocket. Where does Obama get the money from, Joe? I don't know his stash. I don't know where he gets it. But the main thing is... What do you mean you don't know where he gets it from? It's called the public treasury. Where does the money come from into the public treasury, Joe? Illegal aliens who work for a living and then they pass the money to the government. Joe, you're a very sick person. I really, I really pity you, Joe. And you never should have been able to get on the show because a man wants to find hell as a place where there is no reason. And you just dragged me into hell, Joe. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Linda, go ahead, please. You're on The Savage Nation. Um, in response to your comment uh, several minutes ago about there not being any commercial advertising on public television or public radio, uh, there are huge underwriting contracts which serve not only as advertising by major corporations, but they also, uh, as per the practice in advertising, they more or less guarantee that the subject matter discussed will not do anything to harm the reputation of those corporations. Yes, you're absolutely right. I, w I, I was making a reference to the kind of advertisers here on commercial radio that they sneer at. Uh, yes, when it's underwritten by various foundations, it's to make sure that their companies are sort of not the target of investigative reporting, I would suspect. For example, Chubb. Uh, Charles Schwab, Johnson & Johnson, Merrill Lynch, PSE&G, Chevron Texaco, Frito-Lay, Shell, Massachusetts Mutual, Monsanto, Pepsi, Mutual of Omaha, Archer Daniels Midland, Cargill, Bayer Pharmaceuticals, Medtronics, MasterCard. All wonderful American companies, aren't they, though, Linda? And they all seem to think NPR uh, is a wonderful organization. Well, but it's advertising, and we're, we're paying for it because the companies are getting tax breaks. They're getting to write this off. And the content is being limited, even though it's advertised as in yes, the public. you do. You make a very, very good point. Looking at the stories of the day, Linda, you sound like a person who's kind of very involved with the news. What would you say to you are the three top stories out there that struck you today as worthy of discussion? Uh, whether or not there will be, uh, and this is being discussed in Europe but not here, whether there's going to be some sort of limited nuclear attack on Libya. Horror what? Horrors. I didn't even read that. You mean, who's going to do the limited nuclear attack on Libya? The the EU? Uh, plus, probably the United States. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but... The you know what's interesting? Libyan tanks are reportedly bombarding uh, uh, and killing women and children. When an Israeli fires a rubber bullet, it, it makes it to the UN. How come we haven't seen the outrage from the vermin on the left about what he's doing to his own citizens? Well, it, you're not going to see much of it in the United States press. Read the foreign press. Read the London Independent, the mm -hmm. Guard, Manchester Guardian. Yeah, but um, the American press is obsessed with Israelis who might slap a Palestinian terrorist around after they capture him, after he blew up a bus and killed people. How come they have nothing to say about him? How come they're avoiding this? Well, uh, I used to... Oh, we know the... I mean, the question answers the question. Do you think the Charlie Sheen story is worth your attention? I don't think any of it is worth my attention. Charlie Sheen is somewhat more amusing. Yes, but why are we somewhat obsessed with Charlie Sheen? Why do you think that is? 
That started in the 1950s, the promotion of a celebrity culture, uh, and largely by the Defense Department, believe it or not, uh, to engage the minds of people in uh, what's called family romance, voyeurism, etc. And uh, if you read a book, a great book written by C. Wright Mills called, uh, oh gosh, the, the Something Elite, in the United States. The Power Elite, I think. I think it was called... Oh, I remember that book when I was a youngster. That's interesting. Yeah. You're saying that the Defense Department came up with this celebrity worship to distract us? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. I never read that, Linda. Well, from our own lives, because I'm sure a lot of people are more interested in Charlie Sheen than their own family members tonight, which is pretty sad. Linda, what did... Were you a prof- are you a professional? Were you a professional? In what area? Can you tell us? I'm a food delivery enhancement facilitator, which means waitress. <laughs> oh, come on. Sure am. But you have such a cultivated, cultured attitude and approach. How are you so knowledgeable? Uh, according to, the, to NPR, you're just a waitress, one of the unwashed masses. You don't know anything because you don't work for a government uh, agency. Well... By the way, when you stated the credentials of Mr. McDonough, it, it was amusing to me because we've gone from Moscow to mosques. We formerly had Condoleezza Rice as the national uh, assistant, uh, whatever. Yes, uh, right. Deputy secretary, whatever, of NSA. Yeah, uh, she NSA. was national security advisor, right? So we've got someone who was an academic who had no police experience, no intelligence experience, nothing. Now we've got another one. So when are we going to start hiring people like me with no college degree, who probably know more about what the monsters and angels of the world are up to. <laughs> Absolutely. You would do a better job than uh, Sandy Berger did as a national security advisor for, for Bill Clinton. I think as a waitress, you wouldn't have to tuck secret files into your, uh, into your socks, would you? Well, uh, Mike, I wouldn't trust any of these people in government right now to be my busboy, okay? <laughs> well, you know, you've got a very sharp mind. Are you a news addict? No, no. Wait, well, wait a minute. But you, you call this radio show, The Savage Nation. You're right on the money with all of your comments. You know what's going on. Where are you getting your information from? From my own mind, from having done an awful lot of reading on, uh, from different points of view, I like to be able to state the opposition's point of view. But what, well, okay, so let's start from the top then. How often do you listen to talk radio? Every day. Most- all day long, from the morning till the night? Yeah, mostly from uh, the right wing. I'm interested. I'm on the left, but I'm interested in how the right wing is covering issues. Well, that's interesting. So you're from the left side because you're a worker who works for you know wages that are you're struggling. So you see the world from that point of view, and yet you agree with me on a deputy national security advisor ought to have some military experience or some real life uh, street experience. Not necessarily agreeing with you, but there's no difference in the credentials between Mr. McDonough and Miss Rice. Okay, I understand what you're saying now. Nor are they any different from uh, 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 Sandy Berger, who was basically a, a lawyer lobbyist. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so in other words, they seem to appoint political uh, uh, appointees to these positions in security, and they have no security experience. The head of the CIA, Leon Panetta, had no experience in intelligence work. How do you feel about that? I think they're all window dressing. For who? For, for general consumption, but across a wide array of the population. If you were president right now, what would you do to straighten America's economy out as a waitress? What would I do? 
Would you fire any government workers? Would you cut their pensions? Would you rein in the spending? Would you would you stop the spending that Obama's engaged in, or would you spend more? I don't think it can be handled or stated by one person. I think that what needs to happen is uh, there need to be massive discussions, fireside chats every night in this country. Well, we're having one right now. I'm giving you a chance to talk to an awful lot of people. Would you would you simply raise taxes on the workers? The, the people who make the most money saying they're the problem, or would you cut back on some of the wages and pensions? No, I would uh, eliminate the tax break for the wealthy, that part of it, which is not dedicated to employing people in the United States. Uh, I would uh, have a tax incentive for businesses to stay in the United States. Uh, I would put a lot more money into funding higher education for people, uh, but uh, the biggest disappointment... Wait, wait, why would you fund, why would you put more money into education? What are we getting for all of that money? It's the kind of education we're doling out, which is largely run by textbook companies, bureaucrats, and people who believe that the state of the nation is basically okay if you can make enough money. I believe that what needs to happen... But uh, what kind of education would you fund? Uh, an education where uh, it was a hundred years ago, we could teach children with a piece of chalk and a blackboard. There's oh, well, you've no got that need. on Fox News. You've got that on Fox News. They have a piece of chalk and a blackboard. They're not doing much teaching. Why do we need uh, $50 textbooks funded by mobile, to, uh, you know, Exxon Mobil? It's all a racket to well, make What money. is it that you would see the money going for? We, we overpay our professors. They're living like, like kings, most of them, in the colleges. They teach four hours a week and they make a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Why do we need more money for higher education? Uh, no, but the, a lot of that is to cover health insurance costs in the universities. A lot of the tuition. And no, 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 no. They make that kind of money plus free health care. No, you don't know how the universities work and how well paid they really are. They're living uh, very high on the hog, as most public workers are. You, as a a waitress, I'm surprised you don't have any resentment towards the public sector workers. They're making more money than you are. They have better benefits than you do, and they don't work hardly as uh, anywhere near as hard as you do. But they're not as happy as I am. But why are you happy? Uh, Because I've never uh, uh, lusted after... Uh, material objects, uh, you know, televisions. I haven't had a television for 11 years. I never missed it. How do you live without a television? I wouldn't know what to do without movies at night. You'd figure out. Well, you can still do movies. You can have a little portable television and play movies. (laughs) Well, anyway, I really appreciate your listening to the show, Linda. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.